0: Welcome to Humus and Tech, the first podcast by Olim and Forolim interested in the Israeli high-tech industry.
1: We are Maggie and Kevin and today we have the pleasure to have with us Lauren Glass. Data engineer at Facebook, data science lecturer at ITC, co-founder of Philemon Tech, and the author of two books, Data Mastery with Python and Data Mastery with SQL. Wait, wait, wait,
0: wait, wait. We are talking about one single person here?
1: Wow, thank you so much, guys.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I've never heard my life um, written out quite like that before, but uh, yeah, I guess that's me. Uh, My name's Lauren. I'm from Seattle originally, and I live
1: and work here in Tel Aviv.
0: Welcome, Lauren. This episode is packed with a lot of things for us to discuss, but Maggie, where are we?
1: We are recording from Google for Startup Campus, Google's home for startups. Campus offers the of the opportunity to gain access to Google products, connections, and best practices, as well as programming and events for startups. We are now in their creative studio, a state-of-the-art video and podcast room available to startups for free. For more information on all things Campus, check out their website www.campus.co.
0: Yala, let's start.
1: Yes. Okay, so first of all, we're so excited to have you here because, oh my God, that resume. Wow,
2: thank you. Of
0: course. (laughs) So, Lauren, tell us about before you came to Israel, what were you doing back in Seattle?
2: Yeah, so back in Seattle, I had graduated from the University of Washington, and I got my first job at a company called Zillow. Okay, what is that company about? Yeah, so Zillow uh, is a tech company that is a real estate marketplace. Basically, you can go to the website and find out anything you want to know about any home in the United States, and you're able to find a realtor or rent an apartment. You can connect with data and resources for anything you could possibly want in the United States real estate market. Wow. Yeah, so I yeah, started really there.
0: Cool. So, so you, you studied uh, economics, right? I did. How did you make the move from economics to data?
2: It's a good question. Um, I finished my degree a little early, so I was able to do a research project with a PhD student. And I was able to take this one programming class I had done and apply it to a real world situation. And luckily, the data department at Zillow was mostly economics PhD graduates. So I think that when they got my resume, they thought, okay, this person has already studied with these people. Like uh, some of my coworkers were actually my teachers. Oh, wow. that's convenient. Yeah, it very convenient. <laughs> um, um, so it, for Zillow, economics degrees were the perfect um background it was the perfect background for somebody who's going to do data at this company so that was my foot in the door and my that's how I was able to transition between something like economics where you'd think that'd be more business um instead
1: I went into data and what made you fall in love with data I mean because even though we're still talking about numbers here but the approach to them is so different it's it yeah it's
2: an interesting blend of disciplines there's a little bit of business there's a lot of programming there's math and then there's something that's unique all to itself I fell in love with it because I took a programming class in college I, I had like time to take electives and my dad pushed me to take this one programming class because he was sure I was gonna like it and at first I really really hated it and it was really hard <laughs> and I thought I was gonna fail and then um, one of my like like the student, like another student with me noticed that I was having some trouble and sat with me and explained things. And then I had like a moment where it all clicked and I understood how to do this. And it just, it just took off from there. And then I realized after this one class, now that I've basically finished my degree, I realized that I had studied the wrong thing. So I knew, okay, I don't want (laughs) to (laughs) do like economic research for the rest of my life. I want to do more um, data and engineering, which is what this particular class was. So I just went out in search of opportunities that would let me do that.
0: That's really cool about that. Uh, you found your passion through an elective. Yeah. And the same story as Steve Jobs doing calligraphy at school.
2: Oh, I uh, never thought of it that way. <laughs> yeah.
0: So... It's really interesting, like this uh, serendipity, like you are doing one elective that you don't know for sure, that it, it's not what you're studying, it's not your main thing that you're focusing, but you st- you just do it, and it's really interesting.
1: Of course, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's the beauty of like having elective classes, right? Like it allows you to approach different subjects without yeah. being 100% full in.
2: And I just really wish I had taken this class <laughs> when I started college <laughs> and not um in basically my last semester. So. Well,
1: but look yeah. at you now yeah, I mean, worked I mean everything worked out it for worked the best out. and you just mentioned that you wanted to you know use data for you no know, to have open doors for you right mm-hmm. what do you think was the main situation that opened the door for you to come to israel
2: It's mm, a really good question so I was at Zillow, but I had gone on tug before I mm-hmm. started okay and I just kind of couldn't shake it (laughs) from my (laughs) head and I knew I really wanted to come back and I wanted to experience what it would be like to live in Israel. So I was looking for opportunities to advance my engineering career because I had missed my opportunity (laughs) in college. And I also wanted to come back to Israel and if I could do that together that would be ideal. And so I went online and I was Googling a lot and I found Masah and then at the very back of the Masah page was this one, I don't know, ad or something for Israel Tech Challenge. And that was really the opportunity that opened the door not only to um, engineering and data science, but also I was able to come to Israel and work, live and set up my life here.
0: Can you tell us more about this Israel Tech Challenge?
2: Yeah, it's pretty famous actually amongst the the olim community who come mm-hmm, here yeah. everyone has pretty much heard of it but it's a program that's sponsored by Massaw, but it's not really Massa, and it has its own campus and you can be a fellow or a boot camper and all kinds of programs and study data science cybersecurity, coding lots of stuff and you go and you study for maybe five six months okay and then they'll set
1: you up with an internship afterwards so so do you need to come with like pre-existing knowledge or can you like kind of like learn throughout the way here so
2: the program I did you needed to have some pre-existing knowledge I did the data science program um but they really ramp you up while you're there (laughs) And then there's a boot camp for people who've never coded before. Oh, well, that's very interesting. interesting. Yeah, Yeah. 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 so it has a range of possibilities. Wow. So for me, that was my my entry point into the the two worlds that I live in right now. So.
1: So cool. Yeah, and then
0: you became a teacher
2: at ITC? I did. I was in Ulpan and figuring out what I wanted to do, and they needed lectures, so I came back and did... I helped with the coding boot camp, uh, which is how I met a lot of my friends. Some of them were my students. Mm. And then, um, oh, and co-teachers. Like, me and the co-teachers were really good friends still to this day. And, yeah, so I taught the coding boot camp and a bit of data science and just got to, like, work on my own projects and did some freelancing for a while, too. Cool. And
0: how was your journey from there to nowadays? Uh,
2: Yeah, so... I did ITC, and we studied for five or six months. And then after that, we went to, uh, I went to an internship at Checkpoint where I did data science there. And after Checkpoint, I was just trying to figure it out. And um, about a year, almost and a half ago, I got an email from Facebook asking me to come interview. So I went to do the interview, and um, I passed. And so now I'm, now I'm working at Facebook. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's quite a career. Thank -hmm. you. you.
0: What's the job of a data engineer?
2: It can really depend. Um, Data is not standardized yet, but I would say on average, the role of a data engineer is to own everything from the ingestion of raw data, like something like a a log or a click or something like that, make sure it ends up in the right database in the right format and readable and then to build um, more aggregated data sets on top of that that the rest of the company can use and there's a lot of logic that goes into it and optimization how to do that quickly say you have a lot of data (laughs) there's the right ways to go about Mm -hmm. it so you're specialized specifically in 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 that pipeline
0: Interesting. Yeah. yeah.
1: Okay. So, why do you think that people who are non-engineers should learn some, you know, basic data skills? Definitely. Um, not
2: only is is everybody trying to to get into the the data sector, or they're all trying to be data driven. Uh, so, it's just good to know so that you can speak the same languages as the companies who are hiring. Like data being data driven is something that's very very desirable on on resumes. But also just so that you are able to go out and get the answers yourself from whatever data sources your company may have and not to depend on people who are in roles like mine. Um, having that independence, you're able to, to sort of go above and beyond, and, and that will be really useful for pretty much any position. Perfect. Yeah.
0: Definitely. I totally agree. To bring a personal example, as a product manager, when we are planning, We get a lot of inputs from the market, from the customers, from the company employees. Now with all these ideas and hypotheses, we need to bring data to back our decisions. So we are making sure that we are going to deliver the right impact, the right features and values to our customers and to our company. And as you said, being able to pull the information from the database on my own, for me, it's crucial. And it's something that makes me move faster and make better decisions because I can do it all on my own.
2: I also just had another thought about why you should be uh, data savvy when you're not an engineer. It's hard to find people who are actual data professionals and fit exactly what your company needs for a certain position. So while your company is trying to fill the position you're able to step in and do part of that person's job. Even if it's maybe just 25% of the responsibilities this open position has, if you can be that person, you become invaluable to your company. Yes.
0: By the way, Gesty is looking for a data engineer now. So if you are interested and you have the experience, please reach out.
2: And the boss is amazing. I've worked with him before. (laughs)
0: Hey, Slava. Yeah,
1: that's good. And how would you recommend, like, do you have any tips and tricks of, like, how to learn it from like if i'm like yeah. just talking about someone who has like no relation at all in the data where someone mm-hmm. let's say like from the marketing department mm-hmm. what would you say like the very first and best approach should be to data yeah
2: if, so um the best place to start is if you're at a company that allows you to see anything in the company not all companies are like this but there are many that are very very open. Mm-hmm. Is to start going through the dashboards that there's always like you know tickers on on screens and stuff, and uh, learn whatever tool your company is using to display data, so that you can go and find the data source, and that will probably be a table. Maybe it's like in Excel, maybe it's in um, Tableau. It could be some internal tool that's connected to an actual database data set just kind of understand like, where it comes from, mm-hmm. um, talk with people who work in the, the data department, and then probably get started on learning the basics like Excel or SQL. And, um, and if you're allowed to, you'll be able to query databases and find the answers for yourself. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I have another interesting resource if you want to start learning some data. There's a book called Data Mastery, <laughs> um, wrote by yours, Lauren. So can, can you tell us more about your book? I mean, you're an author. You, you wrote two books about data. Come on, pitch it.
2: Okay, thank you. Well, I, I wrote the book specifically for people in two camps. The first camp is people who are not in a data position, but really want to be data-driven and, and think that what I've said earlier is is really essential to their career. And they are very, very busy already and they want to just have something very simple and very um, brief to go over and, and have a manual that they can just flip to the page that they remember and just go from there. Mm-hmm. Um, and with some examples and, and things to, to try in real life. And then for the other camp, it's for people who are already very technical, who just have no experience in this particular um, technology. And there are also people who have no time on their hands and Mm -hmm. are very, very impatient. So they don't want to go through a tutorial that is going to take them hours and hours or they'll forget it somewhere or a book that's like 300 pages. So um, I wrote these specific books for two very, very different groups of people who actually have a lot in common. They often work side by side. um, But the whole point of both of the books is that it's under like 75 pages to get through to, to at least the intermediate level. Wow. Well, yeah. yeah. How,
0: how did you get the idea to write a book about this?
2: Okay, so actually my best friend, Shelley. Hey, Shelley. <laughs> Shelley. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, so she's, um, she works in biz dev, and she was telling me about how she was also helping with integrations of the product, um, working with the API, and she just really wanted to start digging more into the technical aspects of the product that she works on and sometimes she has questions that she wants to answer for clients and stuff, and she was talking about how she wanted to become more data-driven, but it, she doesn't know where to start, and there's it's just a very like steep learning curve, so um, because I had worked as a teacher for a while, I had kind of narrowed down how to make things really, really simple and mm-hmm. just approachable, I think, is the biggest problem with technology, mm-hmm. just yeah. in yeah. general. And so I decided,
1: okay, like I'll write a book. uh, Well, that's a big decision, by the way. Yeah, Yeah.
0: your book is it's in Amazon. I mean, you're yeah. You you can go online. We will provide the links afterwards. Uh, You can go online and buy the books.
2: Yeah. So thanks, guys. Mm. Um, Yeah. So you can go online. You can buy the book. It started as a a blog that I just kind of published, and then I decided to to formalize it. To formalize it and and put it into a book. I thought it'd be more helpful that way because then you can just get a printed copy and have it at your desk. Um, so I wrote one for SQL, which is dedicated to Shelly. <laughs> and, and then I have one in Python, um, which is dedicated to actually one of my former co-teachers.
1: Wow. wow, I definitely want one of those books in my <laughs> desk yeah. now. Um, so about you know everything you did, which is already amazing and I'm like overwhelmed you also did something else. You founded Olimin Tech, and you're a board member. So I co-founded. <laughs> with Is six other still friends. founding yeah. it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
2: Um, I, I helped to co-found Olimin Tech, and I'm now one of seven board Whoa, members. Whoa, seven? Seven, yes. Wow. Seven's a good number. Yeah. yeah. It's a lucky number, actually. a lucky number. I never thought of that. Exactly. I'll have to tell them. I'll text them right <laughs> away.
0: Can you tell us more about Olimin Tech for the people who don't know yeah. what it is?
2: Yeah, so Olimin Tech is a grassroots community. It's probably the best way to describe it. And I like that word. Yeah, grassroots. <laughs> it's very, it's a very trendy term. Basically, we are a community that is for people who are Olim or want to be Olim or just friends of Olim who are interested in technology, and specifically the Israeli um, tech industry. So you also
1: adopt people who are not necessarily
2: olim? It is a really open-door policy. We're not going to turn anybody away. It's just specifically um, we wanted to focus on olim, because when you come as a ole or ola, sometimes, uh, most of the time, you don't know that many people. Mm -hmm. And... Israelis who grow up here they have their, you know, their misgeret yeah. already from the army and from school and just knowing people and it's it takes Olim a much longer time to develop something like that. So we decided to kind of pre-make a misgeret for anyone who wants to come to Israel, just visiting Israel, just around, who specifically wants to work in tech and it's not just software engineering, it's for any position anything that is related to the tech industry. So marketing. Yeah, that's really cool. It's what w-
0: what uh, we have been talking before about having your network and meeting with people and uh, having the, these connections with people that uh, will open a lot of doors for you here.
2: Yeah, so luckily, anyone who needs that, <laughs> it's already built for you at Aleman Tech. Yeah. Uh, we have meetups, happy hours, um, workshops, we have a hackathon coming up. And you're also doing other activities, right? Yes, we have a party coming up. Okay, when, this when, I'm very when, interested. When? <laughs> it's really, really important for everyone to note this. Uh, we have a party coming up June 5th at Drama. Oh, that's a cool place. Yes, at Drama. And we have these parties. Normally, we have happy hours, but this one's a party. Like, so, like a, real party. a real party. A real party. A real party. Are you we're ready, c-
0: Maggie, to party? I'm always
2: ready to party. We're celebrating cool. our two-year <laughs> anniversary. Wow. Oh, yeah. so, so it's like a birthday party. It's a birthday party, <laughs> and that's why we're taking this very seriously. And I think the yes. birthday parties should be taken very seriously. Yes. So we encourage everyone who is... And Ole Ola knows an Ole Ola or wants to be an Ole Ola and <laughs> <laughs> likes technology um, and wants to meet people who have similar interests to them and, and come celebrate the Israeli tech industry and all that the Olim community does to contribute. we will be there. We'll definitely
1: be there. You guys have to be there. We love tech and we love parties. Mm -hmm. Great. And Olim, you know, we love everything about this party. Yeah.
0: So Olim in Tech allows you, you come as an Olé, as an Ola, and You came to Israel and you have like all this network built for you in Olim in Tech. Mm -hmm. But how did you actually get started? How did you meet your co-founders?
2: It's a really good question. So my friend Ari was on the ITC program before the one that I went on. And we met somehow in, I don't know, a happy hour for them or just through the industry. We had been in contact for a while and he had come up with the idea and he had also noticed the gap that Olim didn't have the misguerra the that everybody else had. Yeah. Took him a really long time to build his and you noticed it took me a really long time to build mine. And other people had the same problems so he came up with this idea and he um, brought me and, uh, and four other friends together and we had our first meeting at the Nefesh Benefesh headquarters on Rothschild and we talked about it and all of us were like yeah that would be really great and this is more than two years ago and then we um, we brought in two other people who we knew from the industry and uh, and that's how we got started and things really started to take off. We started with just happy hours and Meetups, and we got some really really cool speakers to come and then we I think we're at like almost 2,000 members in our Facebook group I haven't checked recently Um, But also all of us are really really dedicated to the cause and have had the struggle (laughs) Um, (laughs) So we know what um, someone who's straight off the plane from from Nefesh Benefesh or any other Aliyah agency like knows We know what they're they're about to go through and, um, none of us w- want to do it for any other reason other than like volunteer. Like it's just a passion. Mm-hmm.
1: That's amazing.
0: So what do I do? I arrive to Israel. I'm in Ben Gurion airport. I sleep one night because I'm going to be tired. But the next mm-hmm. day, how do I subscribe to Tech? How do I get to be part of this community?
2: So you just have to join our Facebook group. Okay. It's a really low barrier to entry. <laughs> <laughs> um, no fees, nothing. We're just... Everyone's there out of the, the passion, and the goodness of their heart. So um, you just find us on Facebook, Oliman Tech and request to join the group. You can also like our Facebook page. It's two different things. Sometimes people don't know this. Liking the page is different than
1: joining the group. <laughs> so make right. sure you do both. What was the most amazing anecdote that ever happened to you in the tech industry here?
2: Best anecdote actually was, I had just accepted my offer with Facebook and I was really nervous and I didn't really know what to expect. And suddenly, once people found out I was working there, I got so many messages from people, "Oh, my friend works there, my friend works there." Different friends. S- I knew like 10 people before I even walked in the door. And they started to come up to me on my first day, like, "Hey, nice to meet you." It was just I was a really classic Israeli tech moment where I already knew so many of my coworkers before that's, I that's really that's cool a yeah. so yeah. it, it was it was like it was nice because i already had people there to, to eat
1: lunch with and to kind of show me how things were done and okay and finally uh as you know whenever we're finishing the show we always uh try to think of one word in hebrew that has been important for you or that you use so we can go with
2: Misgaret. i think that's actually natural to this conversation is the frame in the context of Olimin Tech, it's your it's your network, the people that you know and who are going to help you out. So um, that's the word of the day.
0: Thank you very much, Lauren. It was a uh,
1: it was a pleasure, pleasure to have having you having here. You. Yes. Thank you for having me. This was really fun. Yeah, we're so happy you enjoyed. Come more often. Yeah, of and
0: we will meet in uh, Olimin Tech uh, party in June. June
1: fifth. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Everybody has to be there. And just
2: remind us how to look for your books on Amazon. So if you search on Amazon, Data, Mastery, and then a dash, SQL, and then also Python. So there are those two books that are available now, and um, I'm probably going to be publishing a third.
1: Oh my wow. God, that sounds we, interesting. We will stay tuned for that. Yeah. Well, once again, thank you so much for tuning in. It was a pleasure. And remember to follow us on Instagram at Humus and Tech.
0: Or to visit our website, humusandtech.com.
1: Yes. Bye. Bye.